Hi, everyone. It's Amelia Quint. I'm here with Jessa Crispin for the latest episode of Bad Astrologers, where we take a cultural, spiritual, literary, and mythological look at the heavens. As always, this podcast is made possible by our wonderful patrons. If you love our take on the stars, consider pitching in on Patreon at patreon.com badastro to join our growing community of mystics and marvelous people like you. For a small contribution, you'll get access to bonus episodes, monthly forecasts, Q&A videos where you can ask us a question about your personal needle chart, and lots more. Another great way to show your support is by leaving us a positive review on iTunes so the mysterious Apple algorithm can show this podcast to more people. And don't forget to follow us on social media, too. I'm on Twitter, and Jess is on Instagram, and we're both at Bad Astrologers. If you're feeling frisky, share our feed with a friend or add us with questions about the episode. We absolutely love hearing from you. Now, on to the show. This week's episode is another deep dive, this time into Mars and Libra. We talk about the many ways this challenging placement can manifest from their alarmingly glossy image to their innate connection to justice, for better or for worse. We cover a lot of ground, including psychoanalysts, Tori Amos, and yes, the Adam Driver discourse. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. All right, everybody, it's Amelia and Jessa here, and we had so much fun with our last astrology placement deep dive with Venus and Pisces. Um, We decided to do another one, Um, but this time taking a much different placement. Today, we're going to be talking about Mars and Libra. So, some similarities, some differences. Well, we're still we'll sit, we're still in Venus territory, but exactly. uh, expressed very differently than uh, the ever flowing fountain of love that is Venus in Pisces. <laughs> this one's kind of like the faucet that you can't get to turn on, and then you turn it on, and it goes like too much. And you know. yes, yes, the water pressure needs calibrating. Indeed. So. Um, how can you tell us how is Mars in Libra Venus territory for those who might not know? So Venus is a natural ruler of Libra. It's her philosophical aspect, um, but it's also Libra is the ruler, natural ruler of the seventh house, um, which is the house of lovers, partners, intimates, and enemies, um, which. Venus had a ton of all of those, so... Yes, um, she did. <laughs> so, yeah, so it is primarily about how we relate to the other in our lives, in our thinking, in our justice system, uh, but all of these, any any sort of relationship kind of uh, falls into a Venus place. Mm-hmm. So in that like aggressive, uh, sometimes overbearing Mars energy gets tied up with the 
relationship aspect of astrology, it can get a little intense. Yes. Um, Mars is not great at commitment. (laughs) (laughs) Not great at commitment. um, Not great at the sort of super harmonious diplomatic conversations. The the charm that um, Venus is able to do. He's like, I'm going to come and chop off everyone's head. That'll be okay. And also not really great... Not really great with Venus and energy in general. Um, yeah. Venus and, and Mars, you know, they they were lovers, but they were not married, right? Like, so uh, they had a flying crockery kind of relationship. Um, and there's a lot of fun in that. But the energy can get a little weird when we have crossover between uh, Venus and Mars. It can be very volatile. Um and with both uh, Mars and Taurus and Mars and Libra, when Mars is influenced by Venus, is sort of like languid. I'm gonna lounge on this couch with beautiful velvet and silk um, adornments. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to get Mars up and moving, which is tough because that's the what you need in your chart to get up and moving. So yes, yes, it's a lot. <laughs> Another main thing to know about um, Mars and Libra is that it's considered to be in its detriment. So last time we talked about Venus and Pisces being exalted. It's like the best place for Venus to be. Um, she's just very flowing. The energy is easy to access, maybe too easy to access for the people that have that placement. Um, so this is basically the opposite of that. Um, people who have Mars and Libra they might be more frustrated by um, just trying to self-motivate and trying to have the same initiative or get up and go. Not because they don't have the desire, but because just it, affecting change in the physical world can be harder to get started and overcome that inertia. Yeah, and I think it's often oversimplified as being about being uh, indecisive, which I don't yeah. know that that's actually, that doesn't seem to actually be the case, but it the the primary problem with motivation can look to outsiders as indecisiveness, but it's not necessarily what's going on. Yeah, definitely. And with some of the people that we have on this list, like I don't think that they would be where they are in life if they were like terribly indecisive, like can't choose a pair of socks type situation right. at yeah. all. Hmm. Although maybe... If some of them had that problem, we would have fewer issues out in the world. That's true. <laughs> some of these folks are real troublemakers. Yes. Just you wait. So which of the Mars and Libra themes do you think we should start with? Let's talk about, well, the sort of way that I understand Mars and Libra um, is that... When it's really good, um, it can be the diplomat figure or archetype. Um, and then when it's bad, it's the salesman, the guy who's just trying to sell you a used car and hope that you don't notice all of the problems with it. So that, to me, is a good way of understanding how it can go well and then how it can go really, really wrong. Yeah, I absolutely love um, that description. I think it's the same same mood, same energy, but it's just uh, what it's being used for. A lot of these folks, they're able to 
elevate that Mars and Libra energy to affect real change on like a national or global level that helps a lot of people and then others try to use that sort of charm offensive to i don't know just be uh completely disregarding of the boundaries of the people around them so right yeah i mean in in some ways you know mars and libra does function best when somebody else is around like that's kind of what libra does so if you can, you know, the diplomatic thing works well with collaboration. It works well with um, conversation and, and uh, as a, a client or an editor, you know, some, some other figure to sort of balance the situation out. But, yeah, if, if you just don't give a fuck about other people <laughs> <laughs> um, and their problems and their issues, then it becomes just manipulation of just like, I am going to get what I want via this person, not with this person. Oh, yeah, that's a great way to put that. It can definitely be uh, weaponized in some pretty uh, intense ways. Yeah, yeah. So what about like the justice aspect of Libra? How do you think that in particular is um, shown in Mars? Yeah, so when we were looking for uh, examples of charts, I was so fascinated um, by some of the historical or governmental figures that we turned up because it's sort of equally balanced with um, people who were able to affect really amazing and important uh, positive social change and people who, uh, I don't know, like raped and pillaged, (laughs) Um, you know, completely conquered Um, whole civilizations case in point christopher columbus and genghis khan um Mm -hmm. yeah not super great especially since we uh, just finished up thanksgiving i think that's uh fresh on everybody's minds for sure um but then on the positive side you have people like nelson mandela or abraham lincoln or even more recently um alexandria ocasio cortez has been you know a force for obviously the green new deal or just trying to bring a stalled government into the modern era by representing mm-hmm. a younger generation um hers is really prominently placed is conjunct her son so i think that's why we see it more with her but yeah, I mean, Libra, it's, it is justice. Its symbol is the scales. Um, but it, it is curious to me how that can quickly tip towards positive or negative. There doesn't seem to be a lot of in-between with this placement. Didn't she? Didn't we get her birth time because somebody tweeted at her asking for her birth time for her in order to do her natal chart? And then she just replied, like, that, yes, see, that's, absolutely. that's pure Mars and Libra caring for your electorate energy of, like, I'm going to tell you my birth time. Oh, yeah. So she has, like, her chart already went viral. Like, there's been tons of articles about it. Um, but uh, I love that she has, uh, she has, like, everything in Libra. There's her Mercury, Midheaven, and Lilith there. And it's 10th house or 11th house, depending on which um house system you're using but yeah like she is an open book she is so good at community and yeah she'll share whatever that is definitely caring for your electorate as you said yeah yeah i mean so yeah the the swing between like justice and then like real really not justice um 
I mean, it's, it is the same with, uh, a lot of Libra energy, which is supposed to be very harmonious, but I do find with people with a lot of Libra, it's either harmonious or it's fucking chaos. Like it's, <laughs> that is it's actually either, really true. Yeah. <laughs> it's either balance or it's like imbalance. So, um, so yeah. So maybe just like get like a tune up. Yeah. Uh, if you're if you're feeling a little chaotic as a Libra, because it can it can go a little Genghis Khan. Yeah, it can go. Yeah, <laughs> it like can go to a weird place. Don't conquer any new continents. Fear Mars and Libra. Just like I don't know, work on tending to your uh, own community first. <laughs> Try recognizing the humanity of all people before. Your uh, yeah, own. exactly. Before your own. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so another part of Libra that is so obvious and I feel like we have to look at is the sort of, and this is a little bit of a stereotype, but it tracks, right? Is the mm-hmm. Libran concern with appearance and beauty. Um, yeah. So how do you think Mars um, influences that sort of beauty focused approach of Libra? Yeah, well, I think, you know, with a lot of it, it's tied up with ambition. Mm-hmm. So it's tied up with having a sort of bland surface onto which anything can be kind of projected. Like, there's a lot of um, very just sort of, like, boring faces. I don't know how to put out how else to put this, but there's, like, a lot of actresses um, and <laughs> models that all kind of vaguely look the same. And some of them have been, uh, you know, surgically modified in order to just remove anything unusual about their face. Um, and so they all kind of end up looking the same and they're, they all have Mars and Libra. Um, but yeah, I, so I think it's about ambition of just like if I just am um, as symmetrical as yeah. possible, uh, then I can get what I want because it's also a lot of very ambitious uh, young blonde women. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you want to get a nose job because that makes you feel more beautiful, like do it. But I don't know the particular like conglomeration of uniform Stepford looking women is like very alarming. Yes. Um, also, I think maybe the best way to explain it is like, they're basic. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also like, um, they all kind of occupy the same space. Mm-hmm. So in that way, like they're not ambitious of the way of like, I'm going to literally they just claw my way to the top and destroy everyone. It's really just like, I'm just trying to get to this one specific platform of sustainable, um, attention and money and you know fame whatever not trying to be the greatest Mm, just trying to get to this one specific place and so they're all just kind of cute and charming and you know they're on social media so they're approachable and friendly but they're harmless you know yeah harmless is the best way to put it that is awesome yeah mars and libra can get harmless in a bad way pretty fast I think maybe the advice to the Mars and Libra people listening to this is like, 
have some teeth and like embrace what makes you unique. Like even if you feel pressured to fit into some sort of uniform box, like don't do that because that's going to already put you way ahead of the rest of your Mars and labor peers. Yeah. I did notice like it seems like there's also an inordinate amount of like really average television or top 40 like B-list celebrities on the list. Mm -hmm. Um, People without too much substance. Again, it's like they're striving for I want to be as it reads as they're striving for I want to be a celebrity, not I want to create something truly special. Um, Right. Yeah. Like uh, Simon Cowell. Yeah. Simon Cowell. Who's also had a lot of work done. Mm, yeah. And it like went weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, never really noticed that before, weird. but I think, yeah, you're right. His face kind of changed over time. <laughs> yeah. There's some implants that went a little wonky. Um, so, yeah. So it's just like, um, I do feel like with Mars and Libra, there can be, um, a difficulty in in knowing what they want, which again is not quite the same as being indecisive. But hmm. um, but because I do feel like they operate so much better with a collaborator or a partner or something, and our culture doesn't really like that. You know, our culture is much is like no, you should be an individual. Like you're yeah. you should figure out what you want to achieve for yourself. And Mars and Libra people are so much so much better suited for a different kind of operation. Um, so I think just like, oh, well, I guess I want a mid-level amount of fame and money and I'll do like a commercial for a skin cream or something. And that's, that seems pretty good. Like, so to me, yeah, yeah. That's why I think there's so many mid-level TV personalities with Mars and Libra. Mm -hmm. I wonder, I mean... I, I suspect, though I don't know, that like it, it runs deep and that um, aversion to originality like rings true in their life. But also, anytime I'm reading a celebrity's chart, I'm always thinking, like, I don't really know anything about their life. Um, we only see what they show to us. And so I wonder mm-hmm. if the um, sort of blondified, um, you know, peroxided image is like something that Mars and Libras project as like a defense mechanism. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. No, they're probably throwing phones, their personal assistants behind this, you know, behind the screen. Could be. Uh, They're all Russell Crowe. I wonder what Mars Russell Crowe has. God help us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little bit scared to find out. Um, should we talk about the, the sex pests. Yeah. I mean, that goes under the car salesman category. With Um, Mars and Libra, there's always like a little bit of a sleaze factor, but these people take it to a really awful level. Yeah. There's a lot of manipulation and there, and again, like it is that thing of like, I, I'm going to use the other to get what I want rather than, you know, collaborate with them and recognize their humanity. Um, so yeah, Roman Polanski, who, um, <laughs> R. Kelly, did, yeah, R. Kelly, um, Kobe Bryant, um, Bill Clinton, yeah, Bill Clinton, oh Ugh. god, Bill Clinton, um, yeah, all of whom have multiple allegations of, uh, 
uh, interfering sexually with the autonomy of other people. Let's just sort of frame yes. it like that. Yes. Sexual misconduct. That's a sexual misconduct. Yeah. Yes. Uh, another. So I, I'm intrigued by the idea that when you put Mars in a Venus ruled sign. Also, by the way, I just want to disclaimer this that like not everybody who has Mars in Libra is a super rapist or something. Um, you know. There's, there's good Mars and Libras out there. If you're listening to this and you have Mars and Libra, I promise you're not going to turn out like R. Kelly. It's all good. Um, but yeah, I'm really intrigued by the idea that when you put Mars into a Venus world sign, that um, sort of charm or um, sexual energy just like doesn't go anywhere. I was really amused by the fact that um, both of the stars of the Fifty Shades of Grey franchise, Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan, both have Mars and Libra. And like, uh, that franchise is just famous for being like hilariously unsexy. I don't know. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Maybe they're yeah, zero, both zero submissive chemistry. or something. It just worked she out. Doesn't badly. really seem like a dominator type. No. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So the um. The violation part of it. Um, and again, like, you know, um, there are other problematic aspects in astrology that can take sex to a dark place. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think specifically the Mars and Libra thing is the use of manipulation, um, and, uh, in order to get, to get what you want rather than just brute force. It's, it's not a sort of uh, super, I mean, you know, it's weird talking about this, but the way in which these men um, have been accused of violating women is a lot of manipulation rather than just like overpowering. Um, and, I, and so I do think that there is something about Mars and Libra specifically of like, um, using the power imbalance to persu- mm-hmm. to sway, um, using, uh, because of the air sign aspect, like, uh, verbal manipulation, um, these sorts of things, you know, none of, you know, Roman Polanski was a wee little dude is, I guess he's still alive for fuck's sake, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Gross. laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think that that totally tracks and, you know, how can I put this? I mean, maybe it, it seems like with everything that we've talked about, the whole Mars and Libra um, goal or our advice to you is that um, there is a need to be balanced out by the other, whether the other is another person who you're in right relationship with and it's like healthy and functioning or the other is like a goal that you have, um, a loftier goal for um, justice within society, those things can balance out any, uh, weird manipulative tendencies of the placement for sure. So I wanted to ask you about this because, um, I have clients who have a lot of Libra or a lot of seventh house stuff Hmm. who is, and especially with things like Mars and sun, um, who do function better in partnership, whether that be romantic or uh, some sort of work collaboration, but they feel bad about themselves that that's true. 
Um, do you find that? I think because our culture wants everybody to be such a independent force, um, that Libra and seventh house stuff can sometimes be judged as being codependent. Ooh, yeah. So interestingly, I don't have a ton of clients that have a savvy, a heavy seventh house, um, vibe or a lot of Libra. Um, but I, I do notice with clients when they're coming to ask about a relationship, there is a lot of guilt that goes along with it. It's, oh, well, I know that I should be working on my career. I should be working on myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, the seventh house is opposite the ascendant. It's the home of the descendant. I mean, it's what balances you out. I mean, we humans are made to be in relationship with each other. You know, we're social animals. And I, I think it would just be disingenuous to say that you can just exist completely as an island um, without other people. And I think Mars and Libra does get to that. But um, yeah, I, def- I see that for sure. Um, a sort of guilt brought on by extreme individualism in self-care culture, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I always try and balance it out. A lot of times people who, not all, but sometimes people who are asking me about seventh housey stuff, they're having some sort of like wild Neptune transit. And I'm like, that's awesome. Please be careful. Like, <laughs> 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 um, honestly, most of my clients are, it's always something with Saturn or Jupiter. So seventh house hmm. is not my domain. But you do a lot with Venus reading. So yeah, that's why. yeah. It's my specialty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. So while we're here, I feel like we should talk about the one person who no one will stop talking about on Twitter right now and who may be the best example of an actual decent Mars and Libra human. <laughs> and that's Adam Driver. <laughs> yes. So Adam Driver has his... Um, Mars in his seventh house in Libra. So that definitely tracks with what we've been talking about. It's enhanced since it's uh, in the same, uh, you know, it corresponds. Um, mm-hmm. It's widely conjunct Venus, thereby enhancing the Venus energy in sextile his sun. So very prominent since the sun is activated too. And then square his Neptune. So I could probably do a whole separate um, podcast about Mars Neptune gentlemen. Um, if you want background on Mars Neptune gentlemen, go to mysticmedusa.com and look it up. Um, they're all sort of <laughs> dreamy uh, movie star type guys. Um, hmm. But anyways, I feel like he brings that energy across so strongly because he often plays like the spouse type role like he obviously Mm -hmm. marriage story everyone's talking about right now um and then in girls he was hannah horvath's boyfriend um and and it makes perfect sense also i feel like i'd be in remiss if i didn't mention kylo ren who is so emo kylo ren has his own twitter feed and i feel like that's what the mars and libra male becomes if they're like not evolved or not balanced right like everything is about them and how they feel inadequate Um, Mm -hmm. so keep an eye out for that. Um, I also think that the connection with Venus is why this sort of is Adam Driver attractive debate will not stop, which first of all, why are we having this debate? It's ridiculous. Um, but I was thinking about it and I think it's, how do I explain it? Um, 
I think instead of being hung up on his physical appearance, which is perfectly fine, um, people are attracted to what he's able to bring as an actor intellectually. They might not mm-hmm. say that, but like, I think it shows a different way for a human person to be attractive. And in this society we live in, everything is based on like, are you perfectly symmetrical? Like, uh, do you have blonde hair? Are you over six feet tall if you're a dude? Um, but I kind of find it a little refreshing that someone who does not look like a cookie cutter has, you know, distinguished themselves based on the actual acting they can do. So that leads us to the very important question. Do, do you think Adam Driver is hot? I, I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm the person to ask. Um, I'm pretty queer but um i think he's an attractive dude i mean like he looks nice i don't get the big deal like i definitely don't find him ugly Hmm. so do you think adam driver is hot i think he looks like a slightly melted keanu um (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) like his face melt and it just stretched a little you know um and so it's fine um that is I the don't, funniest thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> I don't. I don't really have like a uh, an overwhelming opinion about Adam Driver, but um, uh, I never really, I never really got into people with heavy Libra presences, men with Libra stuff. I just try. And, I just tend to avoid it. I don't know. I like it. I married a, a Sun Mars Libra man, so. It's Mars and Libra is not all bad. Can confirm. No, I married a Mars and Libra guy too. I mean, oh, but, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So I'm a hypocrite. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, do as we say, not as we do, people. Exactly. Please. Yes. Um. So yeah, I think one figure who uh, exhibits both the uh, good and the bad of the Mars in Libra thing is uh, Tori Amos, um, whose chart I am obsessed with. I am, <laughs> I am sorry to, to break that to everybody. But she has Mars and Moon in Libra in the 11th house, or the Moon is, on the, is in the 10th, but Mars is in the 11th house. And, you know, there was a time in her career where she was working Mars and Libra energy really hard and ferociously and great. Um, Basically clawing clawing her way towards some sort of sense of equality in the world uh, as a woman figure in the church and in relationships and in the culture and being allowed to have the same sort of presence and freedom as men. Um, and then she got married and went a little weird. Um, so you hate to see it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so her particular chart, um, is pretty fascinating, but the Mars and Libra stuff, a lot of the dark, Part of that, including the addiction to plastic surgery, um, the sort of obsession with the other partner. Um, yeah, it, uh, it, it sort of tripped her up. 
Um, we're, we're waiting for you to come back to us, Tori Amos. Seriously, any, any day now. Well, she's having her second Saturn return soon. So Ooh. it could happen. You know, we'll see. I'm going to hold out hope. Second Saturn return can do a lot for people. So, yeah. Yes. Fingers crossed. You said something earlier that I wanted to revisit. You mentioned um, one of the other uh, sort of relationships that Mars and Libra could be balanced out by was that of the client. Um, yeah. And I, trust me, I am not a Sigmund Freud apologist by any means. Um, but Freud has, um, has Mars in Libra. Um, in his 11th house, and it's conjunct Libra, and it's also retrograde. And I find that really, really interesting. Obviously, Mars and Lilith together brings out the sort of dark sexual Oedipal imagery that you get with Freud. Um, and, and the retrograde, too, it's sort of the internalizing of that, um, you know, tricky sexual uh, experience and thought process. I don't know. I just thought mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, he's also obviously somebody who fell into the dark side of Mars in Libra, which is I'm going to use my clients to get what I want. Um, and so I'm, I can feel free to manipulate their story and their case history. I can uh, ignore what they're actually telling me and sort of impose my theory on their reality. Um, but at the same time, um, a lot of people were helped by him. It just seemed like he had a lot of problems. Yeah. With the ladies. I think Um, that square from Saturn, it really hits on that, like, imposing yourself on another uh, type. Yeah. It's not great. Don't love it. And then, well, what about his Lilith? Like, why didn't that save him? Oh, I don't know. Why not? It should have. Yeah. I'm kind of interested in how his chart, I mean... I need to get a hobby, but I am interested <laughs> in how his chart sort of corresponds with uh, Carl Jung's um, oh. because they have a lot of similarities, um, including both of their sons are on the descendant. Um, wow, both of them okay. have Mars conjunct Lilith, except for that um, uh, Jung's is in Sagittarius. Um, they have a lot, I mean, no wonder they had such, you know, um, issues managing their relationship and it just became like a power struggle at the end of it. But, um, but yeah, so it's a little fascinating. So if you're a big, you know, the birth of psychoanalysis nerd like me, um, why don't you look (laughs) at Freud and Jung's charts, uh, when you're drunk and it's, uh, 11 at night and you should definitely be sleeping, but you just want to spend some more time thinking about, uh, Freud's Lilith. I think we're both psychoanalysis nerds and like, I feel like, um, Freud versus Jung's natal chart is like a bonus episode that really needs to happen. I might, yeah, I'm like the no, only person that yeah. wants to listen to that, but <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah. Anyways, we're talking about Mars and Libra, not just psychoanalysts. 
Let's just go. Let's just go off the rails. Let's just fuck it. Let's just only talk about Freud from now on instead yes. of Kanye. We'll just replace all the <laughs> oh, Kanye references no. with Freud references. And I'll know which is worse. Oh my god. Yeah, they're both pretty bad. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, going. So, did we want to talk about J.K. Rowling? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that she had it, and I was having uh, issues finding women figures that I felt like would be well-known enough to discuss and that I had someone to add to the cultural conversation on. I know J.K. Rowling is very polarizing. I appreciate what she um, created with Harry Potter um, and do find her to be sort of a inspirational rags to riches figure however i don't love what she's done with twitter um yeah and i feel like that kind of shows through with her mars and libra placement a little bit um yeah so her mars and libra is in her um eighth house um it's in a grand trine with her jupiter and gemini and her aquarius ascendant um and it's in conjunct saturn so i feel like that's just like this big excess of thoughts that should have stayed inside thoughts but like she just Mm -hmm. had to make it awkward and put it out into the void i don't know yeah yeah no i think that's fair um grand trines you know everybody talks about how lucky they are i mean i guess maybe it's just like the jupiter thing is like yeah um but they do just tend to amplify things um and the energy just moves so smoothly without interruption. I mean, sometimes you need some grit. Like, sometimes you need some pushback. And so Grand Trine, I mean, Bill Clinton had two Grand Trines, like, talking about oh um, people who went too far. Um, yeah. And it's just like, you know, if there's not the discipline and the pushback from some source, like, that shit can just go out of control. And so to have an air one, yeah, it's just, like, too many words, too many thoughts, too many ideas, too much commentary. And especially, you know, like, her political, um, the way that she can't sort of, like, um, keep her mouth shut about <laughs> about politics and her sort of pro-Tory agenda um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of dismantling her reputation in a lot of uh, different ways and different sh- different spheres. Yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely true. Um, this is a great example of how a, a Jupiter trine, which on paper seems like it would be a really, really good thing. And I mean, it has been. I feel like that Jupiter sure. trine is obviously, she's the one who created a franchise who that now has, you know, its own like Walt Disney World situation she's making Mm -hmm. big bucks but it's really about what kind of cultural impact you want to have um but you know the mars and libra like like we've been saying like unfortunately some people are more okay with just the um the image and the let's go play at hogwarts rather than you know giving it a little more depth yeah, And I say this yeah. as someone who, like, I'm not a J.K. Rowling stan, but I, I think I just like her because we both have Jupiter and Gemini and are writers. That's, that's <laughs> literally it. Like, I have this affection for her because I'm like, she's successful and she has Jupiter and Gemini. Like, literally, why? Because um, she just cannot use the internet correctly. <laughs> so those are my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that covers it for J.K. Rowling. Yep. So what is a person with Mars and Libra to do? Oh, my gosh. What are they to do? 
Um, first of all, I would say don't feel guilty or ashamed of your desire to be in some sort of partnership or relationship. That's not a bad thing. Um, no matter how much the sort of aggressive individualism of society tells you that it might be. I think there are ways mm -hmm. to be in right relationship in a way that's healthy and respectful of your own boundaries. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with being an extrovert, wanting to be around people um, and having those special partnerships that buoy you. Um, I would also say have some sort of mission or goal, a positive one, outside yourself that can influence society in, in a, you know, happy way um, because I think where we see these other Mars and Libra folks go astray is the ones who turn this very charming um, and manipulative mm -hmm. energy towards just self-seeking yeah yeah so just be and, selfless uh, and it'll be fine <laughs> yeah and don't don't be a sex pest and um, yeah yeah keep your hands keep to your yourself <laughs> exactly keep your fucking hands to your goddamn self. yes <laughs> 